Um, hi. Um, welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Show. I'm just looking at today's passage, which is kind of long. It's got all these lists of names. This is 1 Kings chapter 4. So I just wanted to say that if you're watching this on YouTube, or especially on Instagram, which is where you can get these clips and these readings, um, it might be worth checking out the audio version of this. Um, a lot of this material is meant to be on the podcast. And maybe it might be um, less boring, I guess, just listening to that rather than watching it on YouTube or something. But if you want to watch this on YouTube and watch this on Instagram, you know, go ahead. But I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You have options, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways, we're looking at 1 Kings chapter 4, and this is verse 1. King Solomon was king over all Israel. And these were his high officials, uh, I guess like his cabinet, yeah. Azariah, the son of Zadok, was the priest. Eli Horef and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha, were secretaries. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was recorder. Um, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was in command of the army. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Azariah, the son of Nathan, was over the officers. Zabud, the son of Nathan, was priest and king's friend. Ahishar was in charge of the palace, and Adonarim, the son of Abda, was in charge of the forced labor. Now, just interestingly, looking at this list of names, it begins with Azariah, who was the priest. I wonder if this means that he was high priest because his name first. But still, it's interesting. You know, you're introducing your, your cabinet, the people who are helping you run the country, and the first person you name is a priest. You've got a couple of other priests here, Zadok and Abiathar. They should be familiar, actually. Yeah, but his son <laughs> becomes the high priest. Uh, but, you know, interspersed with these government officials, there are also people in command of the army. You know, you have people who are in charge of the worship of the people of God. And it shows that, you know, at the center of um, his government at the center of um, the people of Israel was the worship of God, you know, honoring him and living according to his ways. Verse 7, Solomon had 12 officers over all Israel who provided food for the king and his household. Each man had to make provision for one month in the year. So I guess 12 people, 12 months, each person would provide the income, I guess, you know, collect the tax and provide the income for the household of the king for each year, or maybe even for the whole country. And I guess you get this list of names here. So I'm going to read this. Just be prepared for this long list of names. Verse 8, these were the names. Ben-Hur in the hill country of Ephraim, Ben-Dekur in Makas, Shalbim, Beshemesh, and Elon-Beth-Hanan. Ben Hesed in Aruboth, to him belonged Sokoth, and in all the land of Hefer. So it's like a name followed by the region they're in charge of. Ben Abinadab in all Naphath Dor, he had Taphath, the daughter of Solomon, as his wife. Baena, the son of Ahilud, in Tanakh Megiddo, and in all Bashian, that is besides Zarethan below Jezreel, and from Bashian to Abel Mehola, as far as the other side of Jokniam. Ben Geber in Ramoth Gilead, he had the villages of Jair, the son of Manasseh, which are in Gilead, 
and he had a region of Argob, which is in Bashan, 60 great cities with walls and bronze bars. Ahinadab, the son of Edo in Mahanaim, Ahimahaz in Naphtali, he had taken Besama, the daughter of Solomon, as his wife. <laughs> Lots of familial connections. Bena, the son of Hushai and Asher and Bealoth. Jehoshaphat, the son of Parua and Issachar. Shimei, the son of Eli and Benjamin. Geber, the son of Uri and the land of Gilead, the country of Sihon, king of Amorites, and Og, the king of Bashan. And there was one governor who was over the land. So 12 people, 12 people, not even 12 people, <laughs> over 12 regions, each one providing um, income for the whole country for one month. So hence the large regions, and then there was at the end one governor over the entire uh, region. Yeah, so verse 20. Judah and Israel were as many as the sand by the sea. They ate and drank and were happy. Now this is worth pausing on, verse 20, because this phrase, were as many as the sand of the sea, should remind us of of, of Abraham. Yeah, if you remember, God said, I will make your descendants as many as the sand of the, of the sea. And so what we're going to see here is the fulfillment of Abraham. You know, all the promises that God gave to this one man, if he obeyed him, he would receive blessing, but he also have this blessing in terms of this nation in his name. So hence, you know, this many descendants, this huge nation, this multitude of people who would all receive this blessing that traces down from the blessing of Abraham. Uh, verse 21, Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates to the land of the Philistines and to the border of Egypt. They brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Uh, verse 22, um, I'm looking at a list of uh, food. <laughs> so just get ready for that. There's, there's a lot of descriptions of abundance of so lots of numbers but also lots of food mentioned in this paragraph verse 22 solomon's provision for one day was 30 cores of fine flour and 60 cores of meal let me click on what cores mean a core was 220 20 liters so a lot <laughs> a lot of flour 10 fat oxen and 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep besides deer, gazelles, roebucks, and fattened fowl. So lots of protein. <laughs> so, you know, it's a sign of abundance, you know, uh, being able to have meat every day. And that's amazing. For he had dominion over all the region west of the Euphrates from Tifsa to Gaza, over all the kings west of the Euphrates. And he had peace on all sides around him. And Judah and Israel lived in safety from Dan even to Beersheba, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, all the days of Solomon. Solomon also had 40,000 stalls of horses for his chariots and 12,000 horsemen. And these officers supplied provisions for King Solomon and for all who came to King Solomon's table, each one in his month. Hence a lot of the numerical twelves because each one having a responsibility to provide for one month in a year. Uh, verse 27 again, they let nothing be lacking. Barley also and straw for the horses and swift steeds they brought to the place where it was required, each according to his duty. Now this picture of abundance, so we've seen a lot of food, protein especially, 
uh, trickles down to the individual. So verse 25 is quite significant. Uh, every man under his vine, so every man in Judah and Israel, they lived safely and they could sit under his own tree all the days of Solomon. It's kind of like, um, in Malaysia, we call it lepaking or hanging out. <laughs> that means you have your own home, you have this tree, and you can sit under your tree and just relax. <sighs> because there is peace, but there is also abundance, and there is this abundance that trickles down to every single individual. And there's a connection then, therefore, between God's blessing of Solomon that trickles down to the individual, but also God's blessing of Abraham that comes down to the fulfillment in the days of Solomon. So you're meant to like plot a graph from Genesis 12, the days of Abraham, to now 1 Kings chapter 4. God fulfilling the, the promises of Israel now at the height, this pinnacle of the days of Solomon. Everyone's happy. You know, everyone's in their own land. You own your own home. You know, you have your own tree. That's the significance of having the tree. You know, you can plant this huge thing that takes time to grow and then, you know, it can grow old and sit under this tree. And if you remember the time when Jesus met, oh my goodness, who was it? Nathaniel, I guess. Was it Nathaniel? Nathaniel, yep. Um, when Jesus met Nathaniel and Jesus and Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Um, and he said, before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree. And this reference to the fig tree is almost certainly a reference to 1 Kings chapter 4. That means Nathaniel is looking back to the heyday of Israel. He's looking back to the days when God really blessed the nation and he wishes that God would do that again. And, he's, you know, and, and it really did happen during the days of Solomon. But somehow along the line, you know, Israel was disobedient and God revoked those blessings and then they fell into... Um, destruction, and they were in exile, that kind of thing. But he was looking back to the good old days. And the good old days were the days of Solomon. Fulfillment of Abraham, but also the blessing upon this one king over the land. Yeah? Okay, all right. Let's carry on. Just the last paragraph. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt, for he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezraite, and He-Man, Kalkol, and Darda. <laughs> I guess the equivalent would be wiser than Stephen Hawking, and that kind of thing, the wise men of the day. The sons of Mahal and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were a thousand and five. So he was like his dad, he was a musician. But he also wrote proverbs, these sayings, these wise sayings that you maybe put on your wall and that you look at and go, hmm, that's something that is just so wise. <laughs> uh, he spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. So he's good knowledge of botany, biology. He also spoke of beasts and of all the birds and of all reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. So really cool, you know, to have a smart king, you know, to have a king whom you can really respect. You know, you, you, you put his writings on the wall or rather you admire his writings and, you know, you commit it to memory, that kind of thing. And not just you, 
but your friends go, "Wow, you're so lucky to have such a leader." You know, kind of like you know, imagine like a pastor in your church, or maybe even a prime minister in your government. That other nations, that other people, that your friends really admired, and I guess it was a source of pride, but also as a source of a recognition of God's blessing. Because verse twenty nine again, God gave Solomon this wisdom beyond understanding, and therefore this was a blessing again that God gave to him as an individual. He was the smartest guy. He was the richest guy in all the land, but then it trickled down. It 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 fed down to the people, and it shows that you know, as long as Solomon was obedient, God would bless him. As long as God, Solomon had God at the center of his heart, God would bless him, and this blessing would overflow to the people. But at the same time, it kind of is a foreshadowing. If he was not obedient, if he was unwise, therefore there would be repercussions for the people of Israel. But also for the surrounding countries as well. Yeah. Okay. So that's one Kings chapter four, um, focusing on Solomon. How good it is, you know, to have a good leader over our country, a good pastor in our church. But also how real it is that you know uh, this blessing can overflow to us and also the people around us. And ultimately, I guess we do have this um, not just in our pastor, but in Jesus. You know, Jesus, because of his obedience, because of his wisdom, because of his uh, love for God, it is through him that we receive all the blessings of God, not least through his death on the cross for our behalf. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for this reminder of um, just how good it is to have Jesus as our leader, as our wisdom, as our source of blessing. And Lord, thank you so much that uh, through His obedience that led to His death on the cross, we now receive this promise of eternal life, and we can enjoy it, and we should give you thanks for it. But help us to see what a blessing it is to have Him, and therefore the blessings that come through Him. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Uh, again, um, this is available. As a podcast, it might be just easier to listen to just the audio version. But uh, for those who are listening only to the audio version, you can listen to this also on YouTube and see my messy room, <laughs> and also on Instagram. Uh, Instagram a bit tougher because you know, you know it's such a long video, but it's there as well if you want it. Uh, thanks so much to the guys who've just subscribed as well. Um, hello, uh, and thank you so much for listening. I hope this is a blessing to you and helpful to you in your reading of God's word. Uh, again, thank you for listening. Take care and God bless. Bye. Shh.